your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. Doing so does not cost you a single cent and ensures you never miss another episode. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. The holidays are around the corner and finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easier than ever to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter NHL into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. Stay tuned to hear more about this amazing offer later this episode. On tonight's show, we do have a couple of fun topics. We're going to be continuing our NHL Winnipeg Jets advent calendar. This is going to be day five. We've had a couple of fun ones like Blake Wheeler, the 2014-15 Jets, 2017-2018 Jets, and a few other topics. And tonight, we're actually going to focus on Nikolai Ehlers, which, you know, he's a a really fun player, and I think a lot of folks have a very soft spot for him. And then after that, we're actually going to talk about Ehlers in action against the Carolina Hurricanes, along with the rest of the Jets. We're not going to exclude the rest of the squad. I thought it'd just be funny to make it seem like it is Ehlers versus Carolina, because sometimes it has been with him in previous games where Nick sort of takes over and does his thing. You know, recently, though, I think we all can tell Ehlers hasn't really been himself, And, you know, thinking back on the past couple of years of what Nick has brought to this team, he's had a very interesting career trajectory. I think a lot of folks, you know, he was very hyped when he was coming into uh, the league and certainly coming out of his draft years. I think there was an expectation of effortless offensive skill, incredible edge work, amazing stick handling, great passing, great shooting, high-end vision, elite offensive instincts, everything that you want from a play-driving creator. And that's what Ehlers more or less brought. You know, the first couple of years, it took him a little bit to get settled as a Jet. And I think you could tell at least early on that while he was very fast and he had incredible dynamism to his game, he was still sort of adapting to the NHL level. But immediately, you could still see the streaks of what made him so good for the Halifax Mooseheads. And you just knew that at some point, he would become an NHL superstar. What's sort of interesting, though, is that Ehlers doesn't really get all that much attention in my mind. I think a lot of hockey fans are aware that he's very good, but I tend to put him in like that uh, William Nylander class of player where people understand that they're extremely skilled and they know that they're really good, but they don't really get a lot of recognition for actually performing at the level that they do. You know, Nylander especially has been pilloried for what people perceive to be softness in his game. Ehlers doesn't really face that kind of criticism. I just don't think people recognize the fact that when he's out for any uh, length of time, the Jets basically fall apart. And it's because he plays such a pivotal role in transition, in creating space, um, and in being just an offensive zone domination threat. And I feel like, you know, Ehlers, whenever he goes down or he starts to have a bit of a dip in his performance, the team definitely suffers, and the Jets don't really have many guys who can replace his impact. This year is probably the first year where he's just genuinely struggling, and I don't really think it's anything he can control. It does seem like he's injured. I mean, tonight's game, you can kind of see him out there. He's laboring a bit. 
and it's been like this for months now. Uh, there is something, I, I guess it's like a lower body injury or something, maybe his groin. It just doesn't look right. You notice that his, uh, his skating strides are shorter. He doesn't really have the same level of top-end speed. His acceleration seems a little bit more delayed. He just doesn't really have that it factor and the ability to create a lot of speed like he usually does. I described his earlier seasons and the you know pre-draft talent level as having effortless skating and, and offensive creativity, but right now that effortless skating is coming at a pretty big price. He just hasn't really been himself, and I think a lot of that game that he relies on needs that speed and that skating and edge work to create the space so he can be dominant in possession. Once he actually has the puck, I mean, he's still making plays, and recently he's found some uh, goal-scoring ability again, which for many seasons was actually a little bit of a running punchline. He was probably one of the most snake-bit jets ever. The dude would just find perfect shooting lanes, get into really dangerous areas, uh, occasionally get breakaways or even odd-man situations, and somehow just narrowly miss. I mean, he pinged it off the crossbar and post tons of times. Um, he had amazing goalie saves made against him. It was kind of ridiculous, but I would say over the last three to four years, he finally started hitting pay dirt, which is cool, because like he's one of the most creative players on the Jets. He's one of the most consistently dangerous. If anyone deserved to score lots of points, it's Ehlers. Uh, you know, he does so much of the offensive heavy lifting, and without him, I think this team would honestly be screwed. You know, for the, the years where the Jets just had Ehlers and then lots of shooters, you could kind of see that if, if we were to lose Nick for any amount of time, the Jets just didn't really have any replacements or alternatives, and you could kind of get the sense Winnipeg was very top-heavy. Even now, you know, when he struggles, the rest of the team, you can tell, definitely has a little bit less jump. I feel like he is one of our key catalysts. And he was arguably our most skilled player before we drafted Cole Perfetti. And that's just really a testament to how special Cole Perfetti is. Not so much that Ehlers is lacking anywhere in any particular talent. It's just that Perfetti, he might be a genius. I genuinely think Cole is going to be a Jets legend somehow. I just get that sense. Ehlers, I think, is also going to be a Jets legend. I don't think he's quite in the same style of player that Perfetti is. Cole has to rely a lot on elite or even franchise-level IQ, in part because his physicals and his edge work and stuff, they're not nearly at the same level. So his creativity and how he attacks has to come from using his big brain to create space, find shooting lanes, and predict play before it even develops. Ehlers is just capable of making all of that happen almost single-handedly. And, you know, when uh, Garrett Hole on Twitter, who has tracked the Jets and tracked many hockey teams over the years, he, you know, last year had a running joke about Ehlers being the best winger in the North. It was only partially a joke. I think in many respects, Ehlers actually truly was the best winger out there. I, I think in terms of his ability to transition up the ice and his importance to the team and in what he brings in all facets of the game, I just feel like Ehlers is such a special talent and Winnipeg is truly blessed to call him a Jet. Speaking of Ehlers himself, we're actually watching Carolina versus Winnipeg right now, and Ehlers has actually recorded a goal. I'll give you some insight into this game in just a bit, but before we go any further, I thought you should hear a little bit more about tonight's title sponsors at Omaha Steaks. Few things in life are better than opening a Christmas present only to unwrap a brand new set of Omaha Steaks. If you've never had Omaha Steaks, I can personally attest to just how delicious they are. They're always fresh, easy to make, and they always come with some truly delicious side dishes. 
The holidays are just around the corner, and finding that perfect gift can be tricky. So stop searching and shop with Omaha Steaks for your friends and family. To get started, go to omahasteaks.com and enter NHL into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you'll get 24 entrees like the world-famous Baker Wrap filet mignons, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use code NHL, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha Steaks burgers free with your order. We all know that during COVID, there are plenty of uh, shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Shop today. Order the perfect gift package at omahasteaks.com, and don't forget, you'll get eight free burgers when using promo code NHL. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, 100% guaranteed. Go to omahasteaks.com, keyword NHL, to make sure you get the perfect gift package. When you listen to podcasts, you're looking for the power of the inside track. When you switch to Boost Mobile, you're looking for the power of saving money. That's because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone, so you can listen to the latest episodes and keep up with your favorite players and teams, all backed by the power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line, so your family can share in all the insights, trades, happiness, heartbreaks, and everything in between that define the experiences of sports fans the world over. Better yet, Boost Mobile comes with one of the biggest and most powerful 5G networks in the U.S., so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and that edge you'll be gaining, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile today and find out. When you make the switch to Boost Mobile, you'll receive a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G phone so you can get all the power you need in your next phone. More power to save, Boost Mobile. Disclaimer, free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for additional details. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Thank you for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are uh, moving on from talking about our Advent Calendar series, which you can check out at the beginning of many episodes, or just listen to the past couple of episodes, some of which have had full Advent Calendar breakdowns, all chocked full of great uh, Winnipeg Jets memories from the past several years. We just talked about Nikolai Ehlers tonight, and speaking of Ehlers, he actually had a goal, quite a nice little one against the Carolina Hurricanes. It was a beautiful two-on-one that Ehlers worked with Paul Stastny, Ehlers got a great finish, Nice little goal to reward him for what was actually a pretty high-effort game from him, even though, uh, in general, Winnipeg against Carolina didn't have the world's best outing. If you watch this game and you you spent the two and a half hours, I'm sorry. I wish you could get your time back. I get that losing Neil Pionk is obviously a critical blow to this team. Pionk is probably one of our most mobile back-end skaters and certainly somebody who transitions play a lot. He is an extremely important part of this offense. But Winnipeg, honestly, even with Pionk in tow and even with the, the deep pairings balanced as they would normally be, I think the Jets would have gotten walked. Carolina basically spent almost three periods just absolutely pooping on Winnipeg. That's the best way to describe it because even when the Jets had power plays, including a five-minute major power play, Winnipeg basically did nothing. It was actually embarrassing. Uh, this is some of the worst hockey I've seen the Jets play in at least a few weeks. In some of their other losses, at least they would play competitive hockey, and it was more a matter of misfortune and shooting percentages that just didn't really fall in Winnipeg's favor. But tonight, it was just a a train wreck. Special teams were disastrous. Uh, The Jets' PK was a complete sieve. Uh, Even strength play, Winnipeg really didn't get much going. And, you know, every time Carolina would set up a trap, either in the defensive zone or the neutral zone, Winnipeg skated right into it. No adjustments, no alterations, no changes. It was just really hard to watch. Uh, And the defense, we already knew, was going to be rough. 
Logan Stanley got promoted to the second pairing with Brendan Dillon, and I, I knew that it was going to be rough, but I still didn't quite expect it to be just as bad as it was. That was beyond what you would call a horror show, I would say. Uh, and I, I just, yeah, I mean, the next few games are going to be really rough. But let's talk about tonight. I think in this game we saw Carolina just sort of pressure Winnipeg the entire game. Um, Carolina's forecheck is really aggressive, and they close down gaps and spaces really quickly. So the Jets had a lot of trouble even doing the basic stuff, like completing passes, making breakouts, all of that stuff Winnipeg constantly had to go through bodies or sticks. And, you know, there would be spaces that they thought were open, but Carolina knows how to quickly collapse that space and then intercept passes. Even on the power play, you know, Winnipeg thought it would have more space and would make like a cross-slot pass very high up in the zone, but ultimately that pass immediately got sticked away or even picked off. A couple of shorthanded rushes the other way. The Jets just, no matter what situation it seemed to be at, whether it was 5v5, on the power play, on the penalty kill, Winnipeg just got dominated. The lone highlights included a Pierre-Luc Dubois through the legs power play goal that has to be seen to be believed, and of course that Ehlers 2-on-1, but the rest of the game, absolutely tragic. And I don't really know where the Jets go from here because it's not like, you know, their their road schedule is going to be very easy. They get the Kraken next, which is technically not as difficult of a team. But of course, this is the first time that they're facing Seattle. It's going to be on the road. And if this is the, the D pairings that they're running, the Jets might get slaughtered. And then they have Vancouver on the following night. So it's just not a really good situation. I think the Jets in tonight's game were, were embarrassingly poor. If you ask the players, I think they would be pretty pissed. Look, I know that Carolina did get gifted a goal that frankly should have been overturned by, you know, video review and all, but it doesn't really change the fact that at all other situations, the Jets just had nothing. You can't get a five-minute power play and not score. Uh, Ian Cole, he got the uh, the major for a knee-on-knee hit on Mark Shifley, which I thought we would move past this just uh, 24 hours or so after Pionk's suspension hit, but apparently not. We are right back to where we started, apparently. Uh, so, you know, Shifley did come back, but Ian Cole will probably miss a couple of games for that. Um, and there was just a really mediocre game in general. I think when you only have a couple of standout moments and the rest is just watching Winnipeg kind of get dominated inside the offensive zone and struggle to create anything um, in and around Freddie Anderson, it's difficult to really find a lot of highlights or even much to discuss. The Jets were just bad, and I think that that's kind of the sum takeaway. Um, and honestly, I thought it might be a, a prudent time to talk a little bit about what is upcoming for the Jets, because now that Pionk is out for a bit, it's it's going to be a bit of a shuffling of the deck, and I think the Jets need to make a couple of very critical changes right now before they start their next game, because as it is, this team is going to start losing a lot very quickly. I'll talk about those changes in just a little bit, but before then, I thought you should hear a little bit about why BetOnline.ag should be your number one online betting destination for all of your holiday betting needs. BetOnline has you covered all season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Not into football? No problem, because BetOnline has you covered for all of the other sports action you could possibly want. It should be your number one destination for all your online betting needs. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Whether you want to play some bets on a Baltimore Ravens game, or you're more interested in who might be your standout scorer from the next Winnipeg Jets outing, 
BetOnline should be the only place you place your online bets on that next hotly anticipated game. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action, so don't hesitate to sign up today for a free account, and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive that 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hello friends and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us this evening. We are talking about some of the uh, the aftermath of Winnipeg versus Carolina. This game, you know, you could probably tell the last bit was probably a little bit shorter. I didn't really have a lot to say about the game other than that it sucked. It, it was just terrible. Uh, and I think going forward, there are some major changes that need to happen in part because if Winnipeg keeps going as it is with this current lineup and and certainly the arrangement, the Jets are going to get absolutely dusted. For one thing, this has to be the end of the Logan Stanley on the second pairing experiment. I, I don't know if Beaulieu and Stanley together is much better, but I, I seriously cannot watch Dylan and uh, uh, Stanley play together again. That was one of the worst defensive pairings I've seen since, like, maybe one involving Jay Harrison or Mark Stewart. And I feel a bit for Stanley because he's being asked to do stuff that's way above what he's capable of. You know, you see him out there on the penalty kill, and he tries to block the net off, but it's not really all that successful. And instead, because he can't turn and he can't really react quickly, you know, smaller, shorter forwards have a very easy time of just getting to rebounds and tucking it home past Hellebuck. So, you know, in that respect, he's not really tying anyone up. He's not clearing the crease. And you have to ask, what exactly is he doing out there? And the truth is, is he's just not really a penalty killer. That's not really a role that suits him. So I, I would get him off the penalty kill. I would get him off that second pairing, put him back in a more sheltered role. But after that, I don't really know how you fix the D pairings. The only thing that I could really think of that would help the Jets right now is calling up Billy Heinola. And I know that that's like the last thing the Jets plan to do. They would probably call up, you know, Gustafson or something instead before calling up Heinola, which for me is a shame. Vili has probably proven just about all he can at the AHL level. And before somebody hops in my mentions and tells me, oh, he's he's still very young, he's got plenty to learn at the AHL level, he's been playing pro hockey for like five years now. He's been playing in the Liga, he's been playing in AHL, he's even had some Jets games. At this point, he has to be in the NHL, there's just no other excuse. So, you know, call up Heinola to try and rebalance this lineup, because without Pionk, this mobile back end is, is currently screwed up, the D pairings are a mess, and none of these guys are really handling it well. Also, can we please just stop Connor Shifley-Wheeler? I mean, you know, you put them together and maybe they score some nice goals here and there, but they're conceding like 70 chances a game, and when they're not scoring, they're such an eyesore, they don't really do a lot together. There's just not enough from this line to cover all of the mistakes that they make, and I think it's really noticeable when they're not scoring goals. And, you know, that does actually happen pretty frequently. Sure, you know, inside the offensive zone, uh, you know, they are pretty dangerous, and you'll see them create some really good chances. But it, it, if you actually move some of those players around, replace a guy like Wheeler with, like, Zvechnikov or something, you would see much better results. I, as much as I love Wheeler, he's just not a first-liner. And the more that they push him, the worse it's going to get. CSW, we know, doesn't work. It hasn't worked for years. It's still not working. It's, you know, just beating your head against a wall at this point. So go back to some of the lineups that worked previously. There were uh, there were line combos that I thought were fantastic. You know, Dubois, Connor, Svechnikov, that unit was amazing together. Uh, Wheeler, Lowry, Shifley, that was a good unit. You could make a lot of things work, and the fact that the Jets got away from stuff that was winning, it's just baffling to me. 
And really, the other thing that they have to figure out how to address is that penalty kill. I mean, these guys are, are getting killed out there almost every single shift. You know, if you've got your players at even strength, like Connor Shifley and Wheeler struggling, and then you have a power play that's also a bit stagnant, if your penalty kill isn't anywhere near league average, it's going to be a rough, rough go. And that one, I don't really know how you replace it unless you just fire the coaching staff that's involved with the special teams, which honestly might not be the worst idea. They haven't delivered results for years. They don't really seem to know what they're doing. And it's just very frustrating to watch, again, another potentially wasted season for the Jets when this is probably one of the years that they've put all the chips on the table. This team does not have many years left, and they're already falling behind in the race for a playoff spot. They might, you know, still be in one right now if they're in a wild card spot or something, but they're slipping out of the Central Division race, and that really cannot happen. Winnipeg has got to figure things out sooner rather than later before they start losing too much ground to cover. I'd be curious to know your thoughts on this current slide and what you would change. Do you think it's time for a coaching staff change? I'm probably of that mindset, but I know it's not going to happen because this is the Jets and that sort of move apparently is too bold for this front office. Let me know what you would do at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's podcast, though, that is going to do it. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all your favorite platforms, so like and subscribe today. As always, thank you for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.